Strange Stuff Sideshow. Stuff you might not know. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Strange Stuff Sideshow, episode number 32. Can't quite believe that. With me, your host, Kat Clifford, and with me, as bloody usual, my co-host, Emily Pig. And today we are here with the last of our spooky Halloween season, although we're one day late and also kind of all year is our spooky Halloween season. Yes, <laughs> yeah. But this one's extra spooky, so... Yes, we, uh, I mean, I was, I get a bit creeped out when we do super spooky stuff, but uh, I'm quite excited to do this one. Yeah. Like, I'm super interested in it, but sometimes when I'm reading stuff, I'm like, well, I don't know if I like this. <laughs> um, so what are we talking about today? Well, I'm going to be talking about seances. Nice, nice. So, uh, a seance is a meeting at which people attempt to make contact with the dead or communicate with spirits, sometimes through a medium. Mm-hmm. Um, in French, the word actually means uh, session or to sit. Okay, because you usually do them sitting around a table or... Yes, yeah. yeah. However, uh, the word became um, to you specifically for the meeting of people who are gathered to receive messages from ghosts or to listen to a spirit medium relay messages from spirits. In modern English, participants don't need to be seated or um, to be engaged in the seance, so... Even though that's where it came from, it has changed oh, I think in I meaning. I sitting down. Oh, if I can stand up, waiting for ghosts to make contact. Right, exactly. So I feel like most people do sit, so that's probably why like no one's going to like fight you know, <laughs> it being called a seance. But some people are like, it's not called a seance if you're doing it this way, and you're like, it's still a seance. Like, words, yeah. words move over time, and they move into different translations, even True. though the origin uh, origin was, came from somewhere else. So... Mm-hmm. Um, So, humanity has been attempting to communicate with the dead since ancient times. As far as Leviticus in the Old Testament, the Old Testament God actively forbade people to seek out mediums. Mm. Which I think is interesting. When I read that, I was like, okay, so you're the only God and you're like, you can't look at anything else. Just believe in me with your heart and soul and don't look elsewhere. And I find that very... Mm, well, yes. Dictator. Well, there's a, a very good podcast. It's called like Dragons of Genesis or something like that. Yeah. And it talks about how goes a lot into the Old Testament and how like well there were all these gods and people worshipped all these different gods and then this the god in the Old Testament or Yahweh yeah. he came in and he was like no you're not allowed to worship any of the other gods I'm the true god yeah and it's like. Are you? Or was there a pantheon and you were just a jealous bastard? Yeah. Right? (laughs) So, like, now that I hear it, like, growing up religious, I was like, oh, yeah, it makes sense because, like, you know, there's false gods that, like, make you um, turn to the dark side. Now I'm realizing, no, maybe it's just because you're a dictator. Like, people should be able to dabble in that and then come back. Well, there's lots of Instead of being feared into, like, looking anywhere, but it's just, that's that's so weird. There's lots of examples of it in that thing, like, when the people built the Tower of Babel, 
Yeah. He was just a prick and he just like smashed it to the ground and then made everyone speak different languages so they couldn't communicate because he didn't like that they were getting too close to heaven. Yeah. He's, he's a bastard. Uh, I feel like that's like a universal <laughs> now. People are like, I don't know if I like the Old Testament God. <laughs> <laughs> he's just very jealous and I don't know. I like the theory uh, that wouldn't it be like the greatest uh, deceivement of the devil if the devil was God and God was the devil, right? Yeah. Because in the Bible, the devil actually only kills like seven people, I think, and, yeah. and God wipes out the planet like five times. Yeah. So, Yeah. You know. Sorry if you guys hear some noise. We thought this place was going to be quieter, but what we've noticed about Mexico is it's never quiet. Nowhere is quiet in There's no such thing as quiet in Mexico. <laughs> and we're in a quiet neighborhood right now. Yes. <laughs> so. Yeah. You just, it's just never going to happen. We're trying our best. <laughs> right. It's just um, ambience. Ambience of Mexico. Yeah. You know, like you play rainforest sounds, you go to sleep. Yes. You can play our podcast for sounds of Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, so going back to seances, um, interest peaked in the 19th century, a time when religion and rationality were clashing like never before. In an era of unprecedented dis- scientific discovery, some churchgoers began to seek evidence for their beliefs, which they should. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it doesn't surprise me that a lot of people do that because I feel like that's just a human thing mm-hmm. to just, you know look outside and then hopefully it strengthens whatever you believe and if it doesn't then at least you found something new like yes it's yeah so but a lot of people say that the popularity of seances came from two american sisters um 11 year old kate and 14 year old um, margaret fox which i also found this interesting because i know we said this in other podcasts that like things don't become popular unless the americans do it yes (laughs) And I don't know if this is entirely true. Like, if we were to do research in another country, are we going to get a whole different history background? Well, I I think it did go through America, but I'm pretty sure that there was a spiritualist or along those lines movement in Europe when you talk about... I mean, it could have been first in America... But there was a, what was her name? Baba Varga or something like that. Yeah. And she was like a woman who made all these like predictions at least. Mm-hmm. And I feel like some of it went down the line of spiritualism kind of stuff, but I could be wrong. But also, we, we, I mean, you've already said that we've been trying to make contact with dead people for since the beginning of time. Well, that's right? what I'm saying. Is like, what it if just got like the... popular from this move, particular movement. And is that popular in English, or is that po- like popular all around the world? Because like there could be entire history in Mandarin that I just don't know because I don't yeah, speak the language, but so you I also can't just do the said research. About France being the origins of it. Yes. Yeah, so like. For the most part, it is really hard to tell. Like, you're thinking that what you're getting is correct and that, yeah, it probably did start off in America and became really popular because a lot of things do because the building blocks of America allow that to be possible. So I can't say that this isn't true, but I'm also like, it's so weird that everything seems to be only popular (laughs) if first the Americans get it. Yeah. Um, So to carry on, so on March 31st, 1848... The girls, um, the Fox sisters, announced that they were going to contact the spirit world. To the astonishment of their parents, they actually got a a reply. 
That night, the Fox sisters chatted to a ghost haunting their New York State home using a code of one tap for yes and two taps for no. Uh, word spread, and soon the girls were demonstrating their skills to 400 locals in the town hall. Um, so the popularity of seances grew dramatically with the founding of religion, of uh, the religion of spiritualism in the mid-19th century. Um, but perhaps the best-known series of seances conducted at the time were those of uh, Mary Todd Lincoln, the wife of Abraham Lincoln, who was grieving the loss of her son. Uh, Mary became inconsolable after the passing of Willie, who died at a very young age, and desperately searched for an outlet for her grief. Shortly after his death, she was introduced to the Lorries, a well-known group of mediums that were located in Georgetown. Uh, Miss Lincoln um, found such comfort from the seances held by the group that she started housing her own seances in the Red Room of the White House. A few of these were even attended by her husband, President um, Abraham Lincoln, and other prominent members of society. Um, so the seances proved to be such an effective coping mechanism for Mrs. Lincoln that she once remarked that her half to her half-sister that Willie lives, he comes to me every night, stands at the foot of the bed with a sweet, adorable smile and he always that he's always had. He also does not always come alone. Um, little Eddie, her son who died at four, is sometimes with him. Mm -hmm. But uh, she stopped doing them eventually because of societal um, like you know pushback. Um, when people found out what was going on, they probably were freaked well, out. Well, the church did not like it, did it? because it yeah. was a competition to them. Yes, it was giving people outside of the church power. Yes, exactly. So. Um, Modern seances continue to be part of the religious services of spiritualists, spiritists, or espriesmoso, or however you pronounce it, churches today, uh, where greater emphasis is placed on spiritual values versus showmanship. Um, however, mediums um, who claim to contact spirits of the dead or other spirits um, have started bringing it to stage at this point. Yes. Um, and some of them had audience members just sitting there. Uh, one of the early practitioners of this type of contact was uh, of the dead was the Paschal Beverly Randolph, um, who worked with spirits of the relatives of audience members and was had a lot of fame in contacting, delivering messages from ancient um, philosophers such as Plato, which. There, there's a lot going on when I was doing this research that, like, some of them are like, oh, he's just, like, they're, like, total fake. Mm -hmm. um, but then, like, a lot of people were, like, loving it and, like, there's a lot going on. Um, obviously, a lot of these people are probably fakes. But um, it sucks that, like, sometimes a good thing is ruined by people who know that you can make some money off of it. Well, didn't a lot of people, like Harry Houdini, I don't know if you're going to go into this. Mm -mm, no. Harry Houdini... His mother died, and I think he tried to, uh, it was something happened that he tried to expose mediums, because obviously he was a magician, so he knew all the tricks, Yeah. and all these people were believing him, and he actually kind of made a habit out of going and, like, telling everyone how they were doing these things, like producing ectoplasm or whatever, yeah. and, like, showing them up to be frauds, and it wasn't just him, there became, like, a group of them doing it. Yeah. And, and and then that group became kind of uh, 
split in a way because half of them, like Harry Houdini, were just exposing these people as frauds, and the other half were kind of scientifically interested if these people actually had these things and were so trying to get them to prove that they did have the powers. Yes. That's cool, yeah. Well, exactly. As soon as, you know, the people like Harry Houdini who, like, obviously, like, I don't know if he ever came out being like, oh, yeah, I do have magical skills. He just was like, I'm, no, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a magician. Yeah. I am an illusionist. I, I am a magician. So, like, obviously this is, like, a talent that you think that I could be a magician. Yeah. And so these people who are kind of, like, they're doing kind of the same thing, but, like, they're doing it in a way where they're lying. Yes. To make so, money out of people. Yeah. And it's the same... Um, that Darren Brown did not even that long ago. He showed up loads of medias to be frauds who were like cold reading people. Yes, yeah. Um, so during the later half of the 19th century, a number of spiritualist mediums began to advocate the use of specialized tools for conducting uh, seances, particularly um, used in darkened rooms, such as spirit trumpets, which were horn shaped speaking tubes that were said to magnify the whispered voices of spirits to audible range. Oh, I would thought you were going to say that, like, it would be just this floating ghost trumpet that was just like... <laughs> 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 um, spirit slates, which consisted of two chalkboards bound together that, when opened, were said to reveal messages written by spirits. Mm-hmm. Sans tables um, were special lightweight tables that were said to rotate, float, or levitate when spirits were present, and spirit cabinets, which were portable closets into which mediums were placed, often bound with ropes, um, in order to prevent them from manipulating the various um, other tools. Mm-hmm, which people can't do escape. Like, people aren't escapists, obviously. Right? Well, that and also, like, obviously, like, you're making money off of being, like, a medium. Yeah. Uh, doing these seances, and then you're like, wait, how much more money can I make? Let's just invite a tool. Yeah, this is going to make it way yeah. better. Mm-hmm. You know, this thing is a magical, you know, like, it, yeah. that's usually what happens. They'll just bring more and more and more and more money to spend on, like, all of these things yeah. that are said to help, but, you know, who knows? Yeah. Um, so seances often use spirit boards to help with the communication as well, which is what you'll be talking about. Mm-hmm. Um... And I think that's kind of where people landed. They're like, oh, not the trumpets, but, like, let's keep the spirit boards. <laughs> the trumpets are just too ridiculous. I, I, I'll, st- I'll, I'll believe it if it talks to me for a board, but unless it, like, f- perks up a full brass band, then I'm not believing it. The trumpet is just not hard enough evidence. Right. Uh, so some notable people who have attended seances and professed a belief in spiritualism include... Uh, William Lyon Mackenzie King, which was a Prime Minister of Canada for 22 years. Trust the Canadians, you and your wacky politicians. (laughs) (laughs) Who sought spiritual contact and political guidance from his deceased mother, his pet dogs, and the late U.S. President (laughs) Franklin D. Roosevelt. I'm sorry, but, like, just the idea of, like, a, a Prime Minister, a President or whatever of Canada just being like... Well, I have a cabinet of people and, like, a bunch of people who... Yeah, all my advisors. I'm yeah. going to ask the dogs. Yes. <laughs> like, probably well, do a better job than most politicians, honestly. Bark once for yes, bark <laughs> twice for no. 
<laughs> but once if we should legalize gay marriage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so other notable people is um the author Arthur Conan Doyle. Yep, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Um, and then there's some artists, like famous painters, who they give either partial or complete credit to some of their works to spirits who they've contacted during seances. One artist even said that when she painted, she did not have control over her brush and that it moved on its own and that it was a spirit who was directing it, which is kind of cool. There a woman who wrote a book like that? Yes. She said, like, this woman from, like, the 1700s told her, like... To be honest, that is how the Bible was written. What are you talking about? Yeah, it it was, like, whoever wrote it, it was, like, God spewing through him to write it. It wasn't just one person who wrote it, though. It wasn't a bunch of people. No, but that was the general... Because, like, otherwise, like, when I remember when I was a kid and I, like, I was, like, the priest or whatever, I was like, why? Like, who wrote this? And, like, how did they get this information? He's like, oh, it just came through the Holy Spirit or whatever. So just a bunch of monks making up loads of shit. To be fair, I know a lot of, like, mediums who also, like, write books and they just, like, let it write itself. Yeah, I mean, that happens to anyone. I've written a film and we had one character and me and my friend were writing him and he just, he took some real evil turns and it was kind of creepy I didn't care for any almost wrote right. himself like exactly so that's like it's not entirely not true like I can see where it comes from but also who knows if it's creativity who knows if it's like energetic flowing because you know people say like the flow or whatever so who knows um but there's also scientists who believe in seances and stuff um including uh the inventor of the telephone Alexander Graham Bell mm-hmm. The inventor of television technology, John Logie Bard, um, who also claimed that he had contact to the spirit of inventor Thomas Edison. So, well, I, I mean, mean. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> okay, so I'm interested. Maybe I mean maybe ghosts. It, like if it's a bunch of inventors saying it. Maybe ghosts are the ones who are giving them the ideas for the inventions. Who am I to say that they're not? Well, exactly. It's like, uh... Yeah, I don't know. Well, also, Dan Aykroyd, he was a spiritualist. He wrote Ghostbusters because he grew up as a spiritualist, I believe. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty cool. I mean... Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's intriguing. Um, have you, have you been... Have you done a science? Yeah, uh, like, I've used a Ouija board before, uh, a couple times, and, like, that was kind of messed up, just because, like, it didn't really say much of anything, um, and when we said goodbye, it was like, no, and Um. then we said goodbye, and it said no, and we said goodbye, and it said no, and then my mom just, like, pushed it on goodbye, and then, like, put it away or whatever, and then, like, a bottom You were doing it with your mom! Yeah, well, my mom was the one that suggested it. <laughs> yeah, well, because like, she grew up with a Ouija board, and I guess, like, she just thought it was, like, fun and games or whatever, and she, like, suggested it for us, and, like, um, so we were just like, okay, whatever, and then, yeah, she, like, just put it away or whatever, and then, yeah, a bunch of weird shit was happening in the house. Like, things were moving, I think that's, like, when, like, my dad, like, felt like he got pushed down the stairs or something, like, there was just a bunch, and, like, I was having nightmares every night, and then... Oh, okay, you told me the best thing, though, sorry to interrupt. About your brother. Oh. That made me laugh. So okay, much. so my mom... 
willingly takes her childhood Ouija board and brings it into her house and then tells her kids to play with it. But my brother, he <laughs> was a lot older than he's a lot older than us, so he came back to visit or whatever. He saw the Ouija board sit in the corner, doesn't say anything, <laughs> grabs this Ouija board, walks out of the house. Like this is literally like he's like, Hi guys, how's everything going? <laughs> really like I haven't seen you in like a year or whatever, grabs the Ouija board doesn't say anything, walks out, goes straight to the trash and throws it in the trash <laughs> in the back alley and then comes back and we're all like, um... <laughs> just love, he just sees this. He has no idea who it is or why it's there and he's like, absolutely not. Yeah. Like, like, like that's just my brother in like a nutshell. He just was like, hey guys, like get like mid hug, sees this thing, stops what he's doing, grabs it and just was like, I don't fucking care if it's worth anything. He goes, ain't having this in the house. <laughs> Well, that brings us round quite nicely, unless you have any other creepy stories to tell us. No, no, I do not. To what I'm talking about today, which is Ouija boards. Yes. So, I don't really know where to start, because obviously we did our separate research, and uh, you've covered quite a lot of stuff, so yours gives us quite a nice background for so the American spiritualist movement, which... Uh, the Fox Sisters kind of started, um, and it kind of gained a lot of traction because of the Civil War as well, which I don't think you mentioned, wherein a lot of, which is why it got so big in America, especially at this time, is lots of people had lost family members in the Civil War and just didn't know what had happened to them, didn't know if they were dead, didn't know anything, had no closure, never got like to see their body or anything. So there was a huge demand for people to be able to at least say goodbye and ask the questions that they didn't have answers to, which is why it gained so much traction in society anyway. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, you covered a lot of stuff. I'm just checking my notes. <laughs> I think, uh, okay, so I'll, I'll give you a little bit of the stuff on spiritualism I did, which I don't know if you covered, and then we'll, we'll go into it from there. So spiritualism is a new religious movement based on the belief that spirits of the dead exist, have the ability and desire to communicate with the living. The afterlife or the spirit world is seen by those people in the spiritualist movements not as like one static place, but you can, as a spirit, you can continue to grow and evolve. Uh, those two beliefs, that you can contact the spirit and that spirits are more advanced than humans, have led to a third belief in spiritualism that spirits can provide useful knowledge about moral and ethical issues, just like old President <laughs> Canada and his dogs, yeah. as well as the nature of God. Some spiritualists, spiritualists refer to the concept of spirit guides as a specific spirit or sometimes a team of spirits whom are often contacted and relied upon for spiritual guidance. So essentially, spirits have tapped into another realm where they get more information and then they can essentially give you that information if yes. you ask them? Yes. Oh. And that's, uh, I don't know, I think, well, you obviously mentioned there's like a bunch of different branches, so I don't know if all believe, all branches of spiritualism believe exactly the same thing, but it seems like there's like kind of different ideas on, on what's going on there. Yeah. So modern spiritualism started with the Fox Sisters. You've covered that, so that's great. <laughs> um, did you cover more of what the Fox sisters did? Well, uh, yeah, I can talk about that. So, so 
obviously you've said they uh, were contacting spirit in their house and it was answering them with knocks. Yes. Um, and the sisters uh, kind of worked out this code with the spirit and he was like giving them answers. Through the code the sisters ascertained information uh, about the spirit who was said to be a peddler's spirit who had been murdered and buried in the grounds under their new house that they'd just moved into, I think it was. Okay. Um, this led to the explosion of the spiritualist movement. Though a couple of years later, tests carried out in 1851 suggested that the girls were deliberately producing the knockings themselves with no participation by spirits. This did not slow down the spiritualist movement nor damaged the reputations of the sisters. However, in 1888, the Fox girls revealed they had faked the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But who knows? Because obviously the Catholic Church hated spiritualism, even though for many it wasn't even really a new religion. It was just an extension of Christianity, as you said. Yeah. And the Church also hated it because women were in a position of power. Like, more women were... Mediums. Were mediums, yeah. Yeah. Because it was a job that they could do. Um, I feel like more women just are generally mediums. Yes. Which um, is interesting. It is interesting because women, like if you, you know, the real, uh, the real history of the world is that women were kind of in charge. Like they were the first goddesses because they were believed to be the creators, right? Because they didn't even understand how a man was really even involved in childbirth. So women were the creators. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And then that was just fucked up by, like, patriarchy and fucking war and us uh, acquiring land instead of being nomadic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, it kind of plays into that because it's spiritualism... Like, there's always been this thing that's kind of stayed from those times, whereas women were more more connected to, like, nature and the earth and, like, the spiritual kind of world. Even in, like... Well, that's the thing. You know, it's, like, isn't what the, the moon is female? Yes. The earth is female. The whole world should just be female. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, I, I just find it interesting that, like, more women, um, yeah, are, like, more spiritual. Yes. Um, and then, yeah, more mediums, uh, more psychics. It's just a, it's just an interesting thing to think about. You're like, okay, so... I think it is that. It's that just that ancient knowledge, the goddess kind of knowledge. Well, also, we're the only ones that can give birth. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, we can, we're the only ones that can create life, which, like, in itself is fucking magical. Mm-hmm. So, like, it just, I don't know. <laughs> well, it was, it was kind of what led to, like, a mistrust of women, wasn't it? Because... Men didn't even understand that. Like, even, like, midwives and that were viewed as witches because they just didn't understand what was going on. Yes. I don't know. It's just a whole... We're definitely... Like, I really want to go into this. I want to do our witch series for people. Oh, yeah. We'll kind of cover we will. this in great detail. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so... Ouija boards. Ouija boards, as you said, or um, spirit boards, mm-hmm. uh, an alphabet, um... They have an alphabet on them, they have a yes and a no, goodbye. Mm-hmm. Uh, they use a planchette. The original planchette is thought to have come from France, where in seances, the people participating would stick a pencil through a basket and let a pencil write letters and spell out words. Uh, should I stop? <laughs> it's up to you, you can keep going. 
Just more noises of Mexico. <laughs> yes. We'll add it to the compilation CD. <laughs> okay, so yeah. So in France, they used to just jam a pencil through a basket, basically, and it would write the letters for them. Mm-hmm. This technique evolved into what we would recognize as a Ouija board today, although a planchette on a board of pre-written words, like we just said. So the first Ouija board was not a new invention, but it was patented in 1890 by a Mr. Bond, and he had his employee take over making the boards, and eventually this employee made his own brand of boards under that name in 1901. Some sources say this employee came up with the name Ouija, some say it was his sister-in-law. Like, this was a very vague area in the history. Like, I read about six different accounts of where the name came from. So, uh, some say uh, the lawyer who was there to pay in the game, his sister-in-law was a medium. Anyway, in all of, the, all of the origin stories, the board is the one who gave them the name. Like, they played the board, and that's what it said it was called. Oh, okay. And I think during that time... There was a lot of reasons why they claimed it, like someone said it meant good luck in this language and someone said it was because it was like yes, yes, like in German and French, like mixed together. And someone said it was ancient Egyptian language. It was just like, but none of that is true, necessarily. Mm -hmm. So anyway, in the 60s, the board was sold to the Parker Brothers, which became, uh, they still own the rights to the board. They did all these creepy fucking adverts for it in the 80s with a kid's playing. And literally in the advert, there's a kid's playing this game and there's this creepy motherfucking demon voice over the top in the advert for, like, a children's game. You're like, what are you marketing? Like, you clearly know that it's not for children. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I don't know if this is true, but I did also read that it's the only board game to ever outsell Monopoly. Interesting. But... I don't know if that's true because I couldn't find a lot of information on it. I would assume, yeah, probably, but I don't know if that's like in a year that it was sold because, like, they don't really sell. Yeah, I don't think it was like in all time, but I think it was like one year, maybe in the 80s or the 60s or something. Yeah. Um, So, so yeah, like, it's not a new thing, but this is that's like what we would understand it as now. But there's like mentions of automatic writing, which is a very similar thing. found in China in, like, 1100 AD. Mm. Um, And divination was used by the ancient Greeks with a pendulum um, and letters, but, like, not on the modern board. Um, So some famous weird shit to do with Ouija boards is... Do you know the band The Mars Volta? No. Well, they were pretty famous... Like, even I heard of them, and I'm terrible at remembering band names, right? Yeah. Anyway, they, one of the members of their band bought another member a Ouija board that they found in a fucking, like, market in Jerusalem, which is the creepiest place. That's almost like the opening of a horror film, right? Like, uh, like, just like I'm thinking, like, desert-y kind of, like, the beginning of The Exorcist, basically. Yes. And they actually wrote an album using the board, and then fucking weird shit started happening. Huh. And everyone got creeped out, and then one of the band, and like they got like loads of weird bad luck, and people quit the band, and all this sorts of shit. And then one of the band members is the only person who knows where it is, ended up burying the board. That's um, weird. Yeah. yeah. So that's fucking scary. Huh. Um. 
Okay, so The Exorcist, everyone well, has at least heard of it, even if they haven't seen it or read the book. Yeah. This, uh, The Exorcist is based on a true story, and if you haven't seen it, um, well, I'm not even going to say this as a spoiler alert, because the book has been out and the film has been out since the 70s, so you've had time to watch or read. <laughs> yes. Um, just a side note, there's an awesome audio version read by the author William Peter Blatty on YouTube for free, or there was, and I think it would still be on there. Probably, yeah. Very good. One of my favourite books of all time. So The Exorcist, the true story, is based on uh, an actual 1949 exorcism of a young boy from Cottage City, Maryland. The real child was supposedly introduced to the Ouija boards by his aunt, and then the whole story follows a very similar story to the book where she gets kind of progressive entrapment into the game and then gets possessed by a ancient demon. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so there's some like scientific theory about what's happening when people use a Ouija board. Uh, so it's called uh, the idiomatic response or the carpenter effect. Um, and that's after the theorist. So carpenter derived the word idiomotor from the components idio, meaning idea, or mental representation, and motor, meaning muscular action. In the paper, Carpenter explained his theory that muscular movement can be independent of conscious desires or emotions, and idiosensory responses caused in similar manner by certain ideas. For instance, the salivation often caused by imagining sucking a lemon, which is a secretory <laughs> response. Uh, and he said that un- the uncivilized desires of people playing the game of Ouija make sure muscles move independently and revealing your unconscious desires, a yeah. phenomena which, when a group are concentrating in the same goal, the response would be presumably, you know, strong. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like what we talked about in one of our very early episodes with the Philip experiment. Like, if everyone's kind of wanting to get a similar response from it and then so their subconscious is moving it yeah and also when you're playing with a bunch of people you're kind of i think even though it might be you moving it your brain is like thinking it's the other people if you're doing it subconsciously you know yeah so i actually would like to talk about safe usage of a ouija board while we're here yeah because i used to work in a store uh back in Brighton in the UK and that noise is insane. <laughs> yeah. So um yep, there we go. Track seven, Sounds of Mexico. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah. So I actually worked in a store and we didn't sell them when I first moved uh started working there and then we kind of tried to my boss wanted to like put more um emphasis on our we had like a spiritual corner there was like incense and stuff like that and anyway he ordered in a bunch of Ouija boards and I was not happy about selling them to people and I, I actually made us have like an over 16s policy on them because I was like I don't want to be like whether or not you believe you're inviting demons into your house an you over can, 16 policy yes oh okay because you can like especially susceptible young kids yeah like I think you whether you are actually inviting something in or not, if you think you are, you can drive yourself mad with that shit. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. And and who even knows? Like, we actually met someone the other day in a hostel who worked there who said she slept in a bed in the dormitory 
and it was fucking weird and creepy and strange and she just didn't feel right when she was sleeping in there and then someone else who worked there told her that a girl had come and said that she gets followed around by demons all the time and that, that she thinks she left something behind in that bed. Yeah. So who's that could be from like a young Ouija board experience. You you don't know, you know? Yeah. So anyway, so here's some here's some tips if you do decide that you're gonna do it. Um, don't use it in your house. It's pretty standard. Don't wanna bring bad shit into your house. I mean, we've just spoken about your experience with using one in your house and weird shit happening. Yes. And you're like the 500th person to tell me weird shit has happened in your house after using one. Oh, of course. Uh, my friend's friend had like knocking on the wall and in that particular spot where they had knocking on the wall to do an Ouija board, his dog years later would just sit and stare at that wall. <laughs> Fucking creepy as shit. I slept in that flat. I did not care for it. <laughs> okay. So if you're going to use it as well, you want to place protective quartz crystals around the board as they help to clean and maintain energy. You can use... Um, Just quartz crystals? Quartz or, or... Like anything like rose quartz? Uh, or like uh, what you wear around your neck because you're spiritual attacked, which is obsidian. Yeah, obsidian, yeah. You can use hematite, kyanite. They're all like protective crystals. So any protective crystal? Yes. Okay. It's a good idea to cleanse the board itself before you use it, especially if it's second hand or if you haven't used it in oh. a while. Oh, for sure. You're going to light some incense or a bundle of sage. Let the smoke cover the board and the pointer. Draw a circle around the board using your finger or wand. Then light a black candle. The black candle can absorb negative energy. Next, you close your eyes. Imagine a bright light. After a moment, open your eyes, blow out the candle, discard it, or bury it. Draw. So if you're going to use it a lot, you're going to need a, a black candle burial hole in your backyard. <laughs> you know, just the practical side of things. Yeah. Um, draw a circle around your board again, using your finger or a wand. And you can also use rose water and prayers or chants to cleanse the board as well. Um... You can burn sage or other protective incenses while you're using it. Good uh, incenses to use are myrrh, frankincense, lavender, sandalwood, benzoin, dragon's blood, and pinion pine, which I've never heard of, but I quite like saying. Pinion. <laughs> okay, draw a sort salt circle around you and the board. And I actually made a list of these when I did work in that store and put them on the wall for anyone <laughs> who was by them. I think people probably thought I was a loon, but there you go. Um, also, this one's very important. Only use the board if you're in a good state of mind, as your energy could affect what kind of spirits or energies you attract. You also need to be super aware of what the planchette is doing. So the planchette's the, the thing that goes on the board, obviously. So things to be looking out for are the sort of things like your mum had, where it kept going back to no, mm -hmm. and she had to, like, push it over. That's, that's, a, not, that's not a good sign. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So, if the planchette begins to move through the alphabet or numbers in sequence, the spirit is counting down. Once it finishes, it's said that the entities can escape through the board. You clearly need to end the session before that happens. If the planchette moves to all four corners of the board or makes a figure eight, whatever is in contact with you is not good and you should close the session. If the planchette falls onto the ground, um, you're potentially... Uh, fucked because whatever you were talking to can now be released from the board the same goes for taking your fingers off the planchette while in the session you should keep pets out of the room presumably unless you want to possess goldfish <laughs> 
Don't ever store the planchette with the board. Store it in a separate part of the room, away from the board, or at least in like a bag, so it's not touching the board when you're not using it. Always, always say goodbye at the end of the session, otherwise you're leaving a portal into other realms open. Never burn a board because it can cause more issues than just leaving it alone with the planchette stored separately. Dangers of using the board include progressive entrapment, as we mentioned earlier, like the story of the exorcist. This happens when a spirit deceives a board user with intent to possess them. The spirit entices the person to use the board more and more frequently until they let their guard down. So they offer you friendship, but they're trying to possess you instead. Sometimes they do this by masquerading as a deceased loved one and tell the user what they want to hear. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, that's, that's my uh, little bit on Ouija boards. <laughs> so, so the only time you've ever done one is when you're, you did it with your mum? Uh, no, I did another time with friends. A couple times with friends. Yes, and what happened in that? <sighs> Nothing really. Yeah. Like, super casual. Um, yeah. Like, I think the one I did with... They were these friends that I, like, wasn't really close to, and they were, like, really superficial, like, popular girls. Mm -hmm. Um, and, like, that one I didn't really feel so good about because... But it wasn't at my house, so I was like... <laughs> But I'll just leave a demon in your house. I heard, though, that shit went down at their house afterwards, and I was like, kind of serves you right, man. Like, they were just <laughs> messing around with it and making jokes, and I was like, you guys shouldn't do this. And I was yeah. like, I'm going to leave. And so I left. Because mm -hmm. um, she didn't live too far away from me. And then, yeah, like, I guess things were, like, going down. And I was like, okay, well, I'm never going back to that house again. Mm -hmm. I was like, and then the other friends that I did with, she was, like, really, like, into, like, weird stuff like she wanted to become um like the a funeral not a funeral director like the person who like embalms like body an, an embalmer called an embalmer yeah so she wanted to be an embalmer when she was older and this was like when we were like 12 mm -hmm. so she was always into like weird stuff um she's a super cool girl just like that is what her jam is and so she had a Ouija board obviously and we like use it every once in a while and like yeah it was just like totally normal though um it didn't bother me much the only thing is we slept in like a rumpus room and what the like, fuck is a rumpus room? Okay, sorry. Um, like a playroom. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> like, a, like the basement room where like the kids hang out. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, um, so we were sleeping in there, obviously. Um, and then like the Ouija board was like in like the board games closet, mm -hmm. which is usually in the playroom, basement. Okay, yeah. TV area that people hang out in. But the closet door was open, so I could just like see the Ouija board as I'm like trying to fall asleep, and I'm like, I don't like that. No. So I'm like, and that, I don't feel like anything bad, mm. but I'm like that. It just, I feel like I'm having nightmares from looking at that. So I decided to just like close the door, mm. and then I think one night I just like asked her, like, can you just put it in another room? Yeah. Why you want it in the room you're sleeping in? No. So, and I don't think it was stored with like. The hand thing, punch it, yeah. Separate from the board, I think it was set stores mm -mm. together. Yeah, you're just sleeping next to a portal right Yeah, so like I was just like, uh, mm. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of. I mean, I, I've not done a Ouija board per se, but I have done. Well, I kind of have. I went to this ridiculous thing that was like a ghost hunting thing in a. <laughs> in the town hall in Brighton mm -hmm. and they just had all of the equipment like dowsing rods and things like that and in it 
we did have our fingers on a glass, but it wasn't on like an alphabet. It was just on a table, but mm -hmm. like the guy was, I mean, I think that the guy was just not. I think he was a, a person we were talking about earlier, like a fraudster, the kind of medium ghost hunter guy who was running it. Yeah, a lot of people do with glasses. Well, um, it was really funny as well because he kept saying that he could see all these ghosts and he was like, there's a ghost of a Victorian prostitute. She stinks of venereal disease. <laughs> we were like, excuse me. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, you know I'm not lying. If, well, if it I'm was just ridiculous. Like we had our hands on this glass and then this woman who was on the tour with us was just like, Asking questions, she was like, oh, it's definitely my dad or whatever, right? Yeah. And then, like, she was like, we thought she was going to be like, you know, like, Dad, are you okay? Or, like, is there anything you want to tell me? And she was like, she went straight into, like, Dad, well, you know my sister Gloria. Well, what do you think about this? Because she's saying that this happened and Uncle Tony is like... And then we were just like, oh, my God, this is inappropriate. This is weird. Need to get out of it. Oh, my God. Like she just went on a full rant conversation with her dad who's passed away. He's probably like, I don't want to deal with this Talking shit. about some family argument. I had to fucking die. And, and I'm... This is my, like, full-on, like, running away from the situation is me dying. So don't bring me back in it. No. And then we... Oh, mate, this night was hilarious. Honestly, I wish I had it on film because we were also in a basement of the town hall and he was like, there's a ghost down here that doesn't like women. Um, maybe you should try and insult him. Well, not a good idea, but try and insult him to get like him to touch you or push you or whatever. Like he'd been known to push women, right? Yeah. And like no one said anything. And then this woman at the pack just goes, you're disgusting and vile. <laughs> 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 my friends were just cracking up. It was crazy, man. Uh, yeah, my one, my one other story that is actually kind of a little bit creepy, but very cool, that's kind of in the same vein, is uh, we said, like, the ancient Greeks used uh, pendulums uh, as their version of Ouija board, and I actually had a friend who was really into this stuff, and he made, he had a pendulum, and uh, you, well, you know this story. Yes. But, um... An ex of mine um, lost their laptop in a taxi, and it was like their work laptop, and it was fucked, and it was missing for like two weeks. No one could find it, like they'd called the taxi company a bunch of times, like it was pretty bad, like they were going to have to tell their work that they'd lost this really expensive laptop. Anyway, so my friend at the time, like, is like, well, I'll find it with my pendulum, and I was like, alright, I want to <laughs> see this, like I'm intrigued. So I went out with him and I actually filmed it and if I can find any of the footage of it I will post it on our Instagram or something. Yeah. So I just followed him and we left our house and he was just asking his pendulum which way to go on every street. Now bearing in mind the girl who lost it had also contacted the police about five times because she was getting pretty desperate. And they were like, no, it's not here, it's not here, not at the police station. Anyway, so we're following this pendulum. It leads us all the way to the police station which is a good like 10, 15 minute walk away and like stopped outside and it just isn't giving any more answers. It's just like kind of swinging like crazily. Yeah. And we were like, what? And the police station shut because it's about 12 at night. And uh, the next day we get a phone call and her laptop had been handed in at the police station. Oh, that's cool. The night before. Yeah. So, uh, 
So yeah, there's something to it. I don't know what I it know. is. I like pendulums. I think they're I, better. I like pendulums. I find it less creepy than a Ouija board, but I think it's because it's an ancient technique. It's it's like, like the, an energetic the, pull instead of like a question portal. Yeah, it's like you go this way or this way. You're not yeah. being like answer my questions. Yeah. Know? I mean, you can use it as a yes or no thing, and he did use it on like in a like he wrote like numbers and letters and whatever on a piece of paper, but yeah. But that's not what I would want to do for. So I, I quite enjoyed our little adventure. <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool. Okay, well, uh, I think that brings us quite neatly to close. Unless you have anything else creepy and weird you want to tell us? I do not, nope. All right, we'll save some of the creepiness for the next episode. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we are going to be releasing a mini-sode this week as well, because as we're in Mexico, we thought we would delve into the Dia des Muertos, the Day of the Dead. So you can, we'll literally be releasing that tomorrow because tomorrow is the Day of the Dead here. Yeah. Um, and we maybe will post you some cool little videos and things on our Instagram. Yeah. Uh, so you can find us as usual. You can find us on Instagram at Strange Stuff Sideshow. You can email us at noshamesideshow at gmail.com. You can find us on TikTok, Strange Stuff Sideshow. And you can find us on Patreon at Strange Stuff Sideshow. And we are now in our apartment here. So finally, I know we've been talking about this for a little while. The Patreon will be having a lot of new stuff on it. And we'll be doing some mini sides and all sorts of stuff like that. And we actually have time to work on it now. And if there's any episodes or anything that you would like us to make some kind of merchandise from, like badges, stickers, t-shirts, or or any cool ideas, then just let us know. That would be wicked. And you can also contact us and let us know if there's any episodes or or new shit you want to find out about. Because we... Yeah, I think love... this month we'll probably be doing a lot of episodes on, like, part two of episodes we've done before. And where people were a witches season. And a witches season, yeah. Um, of things that people were interested in and have done the best and that we wanted to do more on. Mm -hmm. um, because usually we do, like, an overview, but we can definitely delve way deeper into yes. some of these episodes. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah, stay tuned for that. And then let us know if there is an episode that's your favorite and that you would like us to do, like, a part two on. Yeah. So we would like to do it. Mm-hmm. Alright guys, thanks for listening! Yeah. Bye guys! Bye. Bye! Adios, we love you! Cuddle my butt!